It's Wednesday, March 23rd, and this is Talk Commerce. Welcome to Talk Commerce, where we explore how merchants, agencies, and developers experience commerce and the communities they work and live in. Don't forget to collect your free joke at the end of this intro. Imagine doom scrolling through Netflix, looking for the ideal show to binge watch this weekend. Not the mind-numbing watch-while-you-playing-candy-crush content, but the great shows that you really want to burn through 24 hours. After reviewing thousands of low-budget horror movies and sitcoms, you finally stumble upon a hidden gem that you really enjoy. But wouldn't it be easier if these incredible shows appeared automatically? Or if the entirety of Netflix was customized for your exact specifications? That's what Content Cucumber does. Well, sort of. Content Cucumber is a writing company. Their clients are metaphorical directors since everything they create keeps the individual wants and needs in mind. Their subscription-based service even lets business leaders update their blogs without lifting a finger, giving them more time to focus on their company or watch Netflix. This week, we speak with Chris Chasteen, the co-founder of Content Cucumber and the chief inspirator if I can say inspirator, of the brand. And now, your free joke. In a safety meeting at work, they asked me what steps I'd take in a fire. Apparently, really big and fast ones was the wrong answer. <laughs> Talk Commerce is brought to you by ChipBot. Are you enjoying answering the same question over and over every day? Do you wonder why people are leaving your site? Are you sick of knowing how many carts are left abandoned, moments away from a sale? Or are you just getting exhausted thinking about parsing all that data from your website? I recently found this great tool that I installed on the Talk Commerce website. You can see it live right now at talk-commerce.com. Chipbot pylons and chipbot Nexus are two tools integrated into one plugin that helps you manage your site smarter. It took me less than 15 minutes to configure and install. I have a thumbnail video that I recorded myself and I can instruct visitors on something to do and an action to take. You also have the option of configuring different action items like send me an email. Through Chipbot Nexus, I can answer questions and more importantly, I can learn from my clients by listening to what they are asking for. And if you thought it couldn't get any better, you can log into your dashboard and get metrics on what your visitors are doing on your site. During the installation process, I got fantastic support and ChipBot helped me to make my bot even better. Try it today, it's free. Go to getchipbot.com and sign up today. That's getchipbot.com. G-E-T-C-H-I-P-B-O-T.com. My name is Brent Peterson, and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, Talk Commerce. All right, welcome to this super content-filled episode of Talk Commerce. 
Today I have Chris Chastine. He is the CEO of Content Cucumber, and I had the pleasure of first meeting Chris a long time ago, 2018 maybe, at RetailX or IRC at the time. Chris, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us what you're doing day-to-day and maybe one of your passions in life. Sure, yeah. So just recently got the CEO title added on. For the longest time, I was just co-founder focused on growth, but I've actually now, I'm working on all areas of our organization. So that means running, a content cucumber, running everything from finance to innovation to growth to operations and making sure everything's moving in the right direction. And then as far as passion, I love music. I play music and I'm actually working on recording an album this year. Oh, nice. So you could come out with another service called Title Churnup or something like that for your albums? or Yeah, I think that my indecision would get in the way of that one. But <laughs> So just for so everybody uh, get some background, Content Cucumber is a service that, that, that writes content for people like us. So, so I've been using your service for a number of years. Um, and you have a staff of writers that help entrepreneurs and business people and content people and e-commerce people. Oh, yeah. Great content for their site. Yeah, yeah. And I, I actually came from an e-commerce background. The reason I started Content Cucumber is because I was helping grow an e-commerce store. And I realized that we could reduce our ad spend and grow our revenue if we just had focused a little bit on some organic content. Yeah, and I can just speak from experience that developing that organic content has been the best decision that we made in the last four years now. The the SEO traffic that you generate just from that consistent blog post or just consistent content that's being generated is something that Google really likes. Maybe you could speak a little bit to how, how that service has worked and, and maybe some of the benefits that some of your other clients have seen from it as well. Yeah. So just the idea of posting consistently and like showing proof of life to Google. Yeah. I'm still here. We're still here. We're still here. That definitely is rewarded. And Google looks at you as a thought leader, the more you're talking about topics where you're diving deep on. And really in any business, if you're starting to get some traction, content is a really great way to shift the focus away from the short-term gains like advertising and sales and really like start to focus up on the long-term. Cause it's very much a long-term thing. Like I always tell people if they're like, if they're really fresh getting started, you don't want to focus too much of your time on content in the beginning. Cause you need to get the wheels moving. But once things are moving, it's, it's like putting fuel on the fire. Yeah. And I would even argue that beginning phase when you need to get the wheels moving um, is a great time to start building your content. It is also going to be the biggest time that you're going to have a lot of ideas and uh, I know one thing we talked about in the green room is how you helped helped me or helped Wagento come up with some of those original ideas that then turned into content. Maybe speak to how merchants could use content to drive traffic to their products. Yeah, so in the beginning, and content totally plays a role in the beginning with the product descriptions, right? That's like where you first need to really nail your web copies. If you're talking about selling hairbrushes or whatever you're going to go and sell having really compelling content about the item outside of just like what its dimensions are like how is it useful what if people what are the experiences and that's before you're getting traction you don't have reviews like the best thing you could do is try to talk about this that whatever product it is at length so yeah product descriptions i think are probably your first content pathway to take as a new merchant for sure 
And what are you seeing then as a trend right now? I, I know there's some terms called compo- compos- composable commerce. There's all kinds of now com- commerce and headless. And what, what are you seeing from adding content in on top of the regular content you've seen on a um, e-commerce store? That content now has just become more important. And I guess maybe speak to some of the things that you're seeing in the industry around generation of content and the volume that you need to keep relevant. Yeah. To really establish a brand authority on top of having your product descriptions well maintained, it's also having a blog of some sort and having some talking points that really establish you as the authority of whatever it is that you're going to sell. So we see people like the people we see of our clients that are the most successful are very much like you, where you're like, we know what our niche is. We know who we're talking to. We know what they're interested in. And if you just continually listen to what it is that your audience is interested in and you keep speaking to that, you're going to be going down the pathway that you really want to be going. So I'd say regardless of the trends, always go back to who your target profile audience is and make sure that you're finding and meeting them where they are. Yeah, and I think to borrow a term from WordPress or some of the other content sites, there's always a pillar page that you're trying to drive traffic to, or in in the terms of a of a website that has a product, there that product would be that pillar page, and the goal mm-hmm. is to generate content around that and then drive traffic yeah. to that. Yes. Yeah, and there's there's all sorts of different ways you can do that. Whether it's I've seen people do it from a case study standpoint, where it's like this one product can be used in five different cases. And then your landing page is like, okay, how do I use, so construction materials is a great example. So let's say caulking, which is where I came from, and silicone sealants. You can use silicone sealants around windows. You can use them in the bathroom. You can use them on the sidewalk outside. And the people who are installing those different applications are very different people. But having a landing page from that audience saying, writing out your content, like this is how you use this product in this space. And, and then you can have another one about that space. So there's a lot of different ways to approach that too. It's not just like one category page or one pillar page for all the product types that person might be interested in, but it's also creating different pages for one product that targets different audiences as well. So there's a lot of different ways to approach that content creation. So maybe talk a little bit about ideation as well, how you help, or or maybe talk about how merchants don't have to have that full idea. You help them dig into it, come up with some more content, and then follow on through even more content from there. Yeah, for sure. When you start working with any writer, and a Content Cucumber writer is a great example, if you have some rough ideas, share them with that, that writer. Or even if you're building a team, make sure to share your ideas with your team because like getting feedback on the ideas will help develop the ideas. And um, our, our service is a place where you can send us the roughest of sketches and we can help you hash that out. But always being on the lookout for bouncing your ideas off of other people, I found is like infinitely helpful. Cause I see a lot of people, they'll be like, I have a thousand ideas, but then they just don't really try to ask people like, is this a good idea? Cause they hold their ideas a little too close to the chest and, um, ideas are free. People aren't going to steal them. And yeah. Yeah, just let the flow. Just talking about combs, I was going to get a subscription to a comb, but my <laughs> wife said it would be a waste of money, so I don't know why. But so the I guess the, to to go in on that, a lot of content is so important, but content can be expensive. And hiring a full time staff writer 
can be can be equally expensive. So how do you help? How do you see helping with your typical e-commerce agency by supplementing that content? Yeah, that's pretty much the exact niche that I went to fill because I, when I had Silicon Depot trying to grow that business, there wasn't really a way to have a writer that was on my team, but not like a freelancer, not like an intern, but someone who was a professional writer. And I could just borrow some of their time to dedicate to my project. And it was like, hey, let's do that. And so that's what Content Cucumber is all about, is being able to access that professional writer for part of their time to basically help do that at a fraction of the cost. And you don't just do blog posts. You're helping generate content for any type of uh, media out there. Any type of written media. And there's some limitations to that, like we can't write your dissertation. We're not going to write your homework. We actually we actually did one of our first sample requests. We used to have a sample funnel where we'd let people make a free blog request. Someone said, can you write a book report on where the red fern grows? And uh, <laughs> they're like, nice try, but no. <laughs> so we're not going to do your homework. Uh, but we definitely had some people, some pretty clever people. That wasn't the first one because they came back, the, I think, the next day and put in another one. They're like, could you do a, a report on hurricanes and have it to me by midnight? <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> so It does give you an idea if you wanted to help get through school, though. You don't have, you yeah. just say, hey, I've got to write this blog post on the, the geology of rocks. Yeah. Yeah. We could do a whole nother business specifically for homework, like homework. I don't know. What's a vegetable homework hummus, maybe homework hummus. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> we just help you help you figure out how to get your homework done on time and watch out for the dog. To, so it's not going to eat it. So <laughs> yeah. we specifically written. So helping with social media posts, uh, just tweet tweets. Of course. What was I just thinking of? Oh, email newsletters is a great example of something that needs to be done every month and uh, yep. is often overlooked. And I think that email right now, people are thinking, was email really important? But hey, I still get email every day and I answer it and I look at it, right? And merchants, like that's some serious like money on the table. If you're not, if you're not utilizing email, you ought to, because yeah, that that's a really good place to engage with your audience and get people to come back and buy from you again. Or email is an excellent excellent source of doing that. And we, we write tons of newsletters every month and uh, those are really successful. And also like on that, it's not something we do, but something to think about for merchants. If they're thinking about building out their content points and how to reach their audience more, definitely getting into SMS a bit. I've seen a lot of e-commerce companies adopting more SMS marketing, and that seems to be going much better than email even. So something to consider. Okay. So just adding on to, on, on, well, SMS is going to be shorter messages, but yeah, I can see how that was, that is going to help a merchant to, to increase traffic and help get education around their products that they're selling. Maybe we can just dive into the ways that merchants should measure some of this. Like how, what is your definition of success or do people come to you and say, how do I judge my success on my content? Yeah. So there's a lot of different ways to do that. Of course, in e-commerce conversion rate is king, right? That's the thing is like, it's okay. It's driving traffic, but what percentage are actually converting into customers? Um, or it's, I'm sending out this email, but what percentage are actually converting into clicks and going to the website? And for e-commerce, I think conversion rate is probably the area where we focus on. And we definitely see some blogs that if they get posted on the first page of that relevant result, they can see anywhere from a two to 4% conversion rate, which for a blog post is pretty darn good. 
Yeah, that's great. So maybe talk a little bit about non the more the broader idea of just developing content and and then from an SEO standpoint, how do you measure success yeah. on that? <clears throat> yeah, starting from the top, it gets it definitely gets more and more vague. Like the higher up the idea, the more vague it is, and then the closer to the actual metrics, the the more it's relevant. But I would say a good like litmus test to try when you're first developing your content strategy is look at what everyone else in your industry is talking about and is what you're talking about at least as interesting and mo more ideal, more interesting than what everyone else is talking about. And if it is, then you're on the right path. But if what you're talking about is like, everyone already knows that some of that content is good, like reiterating terms. So Google knows that you know what you mean, but don't do a 2000 word blog on like how to drink water or something. It's like, yeah, everyone already knows that. But it's like the benefits of drinking the quantity of water. And that's why you should get our one gallon water thing because you need to drink a gallon of water because it shows that you'll like sleep better and like you'll not have to eat as much and your exercises will be more effective. It's tell the benefits, not just the features. And I think that stuff like that is really important when coming up with your content. Speaker. Yeah. And I think the underlying um, idea to that is you want to differentiate yourself from other people. And especially if you're differentiating yourself from, say, Amazon, if you have a specialty product or if your product that crosses over into that marketplace world where mm -hmm. Amazon might sell it, the more you can do to distinguish yourself as a leader in that, the better your content is going to perform and the more traffic you're going to. I suppose one of the minimum things that somebody could look at is that their traffic is increasing over time and also making sure that you're you're indexing those pages onto Google, your blog posts, if this that's where you're gonna you're gonna expose this content to, and and measuring what is more popular than than is this one more popular than this other one? One thing that we've done is on some posts put specific call to actions on those posts. And even in the past we tried doing some kind of little internal ad thing where we'd have some ads rotate through the blogs to see, are we getting a lot of clicks? Uh, and if we are getting a lot of clicks, that's a great place that you should be trying to capture some of those reads, right? Because I think yeah, a blog too, sure. if you have a blog and you mentioned 2000 words, somebody's going to spend uh, five or 10 minutes reading. That's a great time to get somebody to stick with it and then go somewhere else on your own site. Yeah, always have a call to action of some kind, for sure. That's a must do for every post should have some sort of call to action, for sure. I, I definitely agree with that. And yeah, of course, traffic, like traffic is an important metric to keep in mind. But the reason why I don't go there first is because it can be a little demoralizing because it takes so long if you don't have traction to get the traction that you're like, this isn't working. And it's if you're writing things that are as interesting or more interesting than everyone else writing about the same thing, you will get traction. It's just going to take time. So that's a big piece there because I don't want people to give up early because this can take six to 12 months before you're seeing the results that you expect. Yeah. And I think ideally you'd like to do one per business day. So an average of 20 a month, <laughs> I don't know. I'm being right. Or... That, that really depends on the industry that you're in. Of course that that's, I was just laughing because that's our, our pitch. Our first offering is you can get up to a blog business day, but really it depends on the industry you're in. And if you're in a, say you're in the, I don't know, medicinal space, that's going to require more, like say you're, you're selling supplements or you're selling some herbal teas or something. That's really going to take probably longer form content because your competition is higher and because you're wanting to attract the type of buyer who wants to read a lot about that thing. 
Whereas if you're buying, if you're selling something a little more surface level, some people will want to do a ton of research on tires, but the majority of your consumers just want to know, is it going to work in snow? Is it going to work in rain? Is it going to work in the summer? And that's really all they care about. And it's not going to go flat very easily and it'll fit my vehicle. It's okay. Great. So those can be shorter. So it depends on your industry. I'd say for good average, those at least try to get somewhere around 1500 a week, 1500 words a week out at minimum in some capacity, whether it's a combination of 400 word or 800 word blogs or, or one 1400 word blog, but just some kind of mix of content that adds up to that number is probably a good place to be. Is is Google looking specifically at the length of a blog post? And I, that, that was going to be my, my next question. Is 400 the best size or is 800, is there, a, is there a sort of a rule of thumb that makes sense for the length of your blog post? Now you're really diving into an area where you could get four SEO agency people, masterminds, and, and they will argue that to the, yeah. So that, that one's a contentious one. I think right now the hot topic is long form content. Like everyone's more beating the drum of 1400 to 2000 words. But again, it really depends on what you're selling, because if you're selling something that the consumer doesn't really want to know everything there is to know about it, they just want to know that it's going to work for what they need it to work for. I would always urge you to meet your consumer where they're at, figure out who your customer is and always write to them. If you think that they really want to nerd out about the laptop, then write 2000 words about the laptop. But if you think it's now I'm selling to someone who they just want to make sure that they can open Chrome and like use the internet. They don't care about gaming or anything. So just know who you're talking to and Google will always reward you for staying on top of your audience. And that's going to be, uh, there's going to be SEO people who disagree with that. They're like, no, no, 1500 to 2000 words. Like it, it really works. It's like, yeah. Okay. It does work, but there does come to a point where Google's goal in life is to figure out exactly what you want when you search it. And so Sure, right now the long form content's performing well, but in the end, Google's AI is going to figure out every search and what you're actually looking for. And so just work that out. If you're going to go write a piece of content, what is the person who's going to read this want? Do they want to sit down and read a 10 minute blog or do they want a three minute answer to a very basic question? Meet the people where they are. And actually with that advice, and this is where I push back on the SEO people, we've seen featured snippets because of that where people write a short form 400 word blog and they're the featured snippet, which that's huge. Yeah. Um, wow. We, we need to put that on our website, honestly. Yeah. You need a featured snippet too on your website. So I, what I guess what I'm hearing is there should be a mixture of sizes of content and just, let's just say you, you work for one larger, long, long form a week and some smaller ones to fill in or at least get that one blog post a week up there to help to keep things moving. Yeah, exactly. Momentum is huge. And then I, I, one thing that we learned in, in just in, in sort of the way you can help to generate more of this content is that out of that blog post, especially a long form blog post, you certainly can find tweets that are relevant to that blog post and it'll lead people back to it. So quotes and things like that. Yes. And then one thing that I've noticed recently, there's WordPress plugins that'll help you write a blog post, a, a podcast about your blog post. And if you were to do a weekly uh, blog post, you could, I would say, read it back. I wouldn't have, I don't know how they do that generation, but it would be really annoying if it's 
some kind of audio generated from a robot reader. But yeah. that that content would make usually make a, gr- a great podcast or at least put it into some audio. And then what I've really seen a lot of people doing now is turning it into a little bit of a vlog where you get on and you just either read the highlights or talk about the highlights from your post then let people go through and read that long post. For sure. Yeah, and I think, again, to dive into some examples of what you're talking about, sometimes video content makes a good appearance with, like, makeup tutorials. We see people who are doing that kind of thing. But then where you're talking about the more, like, higher-level overview about certain products. I don't know. What do you think? What are some products do you think that audio pairs really nicely with a blog? What kind of products do you imagine? Just audio or audio? and Let's just... Take the audio example where you're gonna we're gonna write a blog and then you turn it into a podcast. What do you think? What kind of industries do you think that works really well for? Yeah, I think audio only would work. I think, excuse me, obviously for audio devices. If you're selling something, excuse me, selling something in the audio world, that's a great example. Yeah. But yeah, anything where you can describe it, anything where you don't have to have a visual of what you're doing. So I mean, you gave the makeup one. That's a great example where you have to see somebody doing it. Anything mm-hmm. where you don't have to see it and you can capture somebody while they're driving or they're running or whatever they're doing. And it's a, it's something that can be described. And uh, I guess if we look at what's out there from a blog or from a podcasting standpoint, everything in a podcast is normally descriptive. If you're talking about strategy of any sort or thought leadership, and then if you can boil that thought leadership into what is it? What does Ted talk say? 18 minutes or something? That yeah, is your that sounds about yeah. Right. That's your ideal thing. So I don't know how many eight how many words eighteen minutes is. It must be twenty five hundred words or something like that. But if you can concentrate on that, and then I would even say you don't have to do the whole thing. Like people like to hear shorter bits, like two or three minutes of it, and then it gives them a chance to read the whole post. Yeah, no, that's interesting, and and something I've seen a lot of news newscasters doing these days like you see it on the washington post and things of that nature where they'll have an audio format that just literally reads the article out loud for you and i find that kind of interesting too it's if you're researching a pro like anything and it's just listen to this in audio form then you can just click play and open your emails and listen to it in the background and yeah that's a cool idea i like that i think that i'll probably start encouraging our clients to think more like that yeah, I think that's where this idea that WordPress has that you could turn this this blog post into a they're saying a podcast but I think the idea of just has a sort of a screen reader of some, of sorts that would read yeah, it to yeah. you would be a little bit better than having a, a weekly podcast based on a robot reading your content. And, and anytime you can try to give your viewers or your users more ways to interact with your content, usually you're going to see performance upgrade. But the one thing I would caution everyone if you try these ideas is don't stop iterating. So it's if you notice by adding audio, it reduced the amount of times people click on your like call to action, then try it without it and try it with it or try it with the call to action in the audio, you know, always iterate. I think something I see happening with all with our clients sometimes is they'll get stuck into their pattern and I'm doing the same thing every week and it's not doing anything. I'm like, well, let's try some new stuff and see what happens. So I think that coming up with new ideas is, is super important. Yeah. Testing and measuring is the most important thing anybody could do to me- to see how successful their content is. And I, I just had a, a conversation yeah. with an email person who said there is a sending an email for a product is it's great 
but at some point people get sick of getting your emails and yeah. you don't ha you're not you don't have a success as you did before on that newsletter or that email list that you're sending to because there's a fatigue in getting way too yeah. much. I, I think from a content standpoint though, as long as it's relevant content, you can't you 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 couldn't have too much content unless you're duplicating something across your own site or just plagiarizing somebody else's. Right. I do agree. I think that what I was the point I was driving home was more that try to change how your blog posts look and feel and mess with your call to actions and, and that kind of just the scientific testing and try different things out. Like definitely keep posting content. Like you're right. You like anytime you get deep into a topic, especially if you want to be the authority on that topic, you, you'll never run out of stuff to talk about, but just try different stuff on the blog and just see what works. And yeah, I don't you, know, we found that effective. Yeah, sometimes you get lucky. Like I think we got, we are, we ranked pretty high on layout shift, the new web, one of the scores in web vitals from Google. And it was only because we wrote an early article about it uh, and posted it. And then we've been following up on eat more of those web vital, web vital, web, what vital web core vitals. Sorry. Core vitals that Google has now. <laughs> I'll get I'll, I'll get this right today. Don't worry. <laughs> but if you can be early on some of those topics, there's not a lot of penalty you're going to get from writing about a topic when it first comes out. You have a lot of oh, upside. Yeah. The only penalty you have is the time it takes to write that article, right? Yep. If it's something new like the core web vitals that Google has now that's a score on your website, and there's some specific things that are that Google is keying in on. And if you're early to those specific articles, you're going to get some early wins. And then making sure that you writing relevant content moving forward that still has something that still connects to that original article, because that's going to continue to yeah. show Google that you have some thought leadership on that. Yeah, for sure. I think having those like anchor pieces that can eventually link to a bunch of other articles that go into depth is a really great a really great concept, and we've seen that work out successfully for a lot of. Just diving a little bit into your into your career now, or your entrepreneur journey, entrepreneurial journey. You started Content Cucumber when you were still in college. Or are you still in college now? <laughs> no, no, I, I dropped out of college and then started Content Cucumber. So yeah, I actually met my uh, co-founder and my wife at university. Went one semester, met both of them, and then thought, well, hey, I I got a home run, so. Yeah, just <laughs> I can. I had the I had a similar journey. I but I went to school for eight years before I dropped out. Okay, so you got your master's degree? <laughs> no, I don't have any degrees, but I did go to school full time for eight years. Oh, okay. Yeah, full time student, and then decided that I wanted to go into business, and here I am. It's been quite a few <laughs> quite a few years later. So, how do you? So, so, what does it look like now to content cucumber? How are you keeping things fun and exciting? Yeah, fun and exciting. I think one of the things we're doing right now, which is really fun, is we have this competition going on called the Real Rumble. And it's this competition where everyone submits a reel in our Slack channel internally and may the best reel win. And the best reel winner will get like a custom-made reel winner content cucumber t-shirt. And we just try to do little things like that to have fun. And me and the video guy who is hosting and judging the competition did a, a sketch to inspire everyone where I played a lawyer basically saying that this reel needs to be thrown out. And he played the other lawyer, the defense attorney and the judge. Like it was a really funny little bit where we were just going back and forth on whether or not we, this uh, reel should be 
allowed to be submitted or not. Nice. Sounds so, cool. And, yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, one of the things I remember that you did at, at one of those early IRCEs or Retail X or whatever the name they've changed to this year, you had ice cream. <laughs> it seems like that. It seems like that, doesn't it? Whatever it is this year. Yeah. Uh, you had, <laughs> They're like, we're not getting enough traffic. Rebrand. Rebrand again. A yearly rebrand. Rebrand again. Yes. That won't confuse anyone. Yeah. I, I still call <laughs> I like calling it IRCE, but... Retail. Yeah, that feels very OG, right? Yeah, Retail X uh, also seems okay now, but the, whatever the new one is, I think it's content retail, something like that. Or yeah. I can't believe they rebranded again. I don't know why they think that's going to be the solution, but sorry. If you're listening to this and you organized that conference, I'm sorry. Well, I think one of the things that uh, that you did early on was you had ice cream that you rolled around on a cart, yes. which was a, that was a great idea. You had a jazz <laughs> concert this last time. Yes. Yeah. We had a jazz trio. That was really fun. We always try to do something super creative and out there to show everyone that like we're creative people. We try to live that spirit because we see a lot of content writing companies who show up and look like all the other super corporate companies. And I'm like, what are you doing? We're literally creatives. Get creative. So yeah, we try to have fun with it. Actually, the ice cream there was like blog flavored and newsletter flavored and Facebook post flavored. So we made them like all the flavors and then, oh yeah. And then black raspberry, that was the one we didn't give it one of those silly titles. So we could riff off all the titles and then say, and black raspberry. And that always <laughs> usually got a laugh because they're like, why is black raspberry on its own? I don't know. We just thought it was yeah, funny. In case you get, uh, in case you spam and get blacklisted. <laughs> That's blacklist mm, raspberry. Blacklist raspberry. There you go. That would have been hilarious. I have an idea. So at and I don't want you to tell us what your booth is going to be like this year at whatever the new conference is going to be called in Chicago. IRCE slash retail X slash content content retail. But if you were to had a corner of your booth that just had some iPads that said, "Here's the AI content creation people. Go talk to them," and then they have to just talk to an iPad. It's in the little corner of your booth, and then you have your real people that are talking. Never mind. It looked better in my head than it did. That no, I could no, see it's, from... it's kind of funny. It's like <laughs> comparing the experience. Like, here, here's the robot. I was actually imagining, like, we have, like, a like a little more dramatic. Like, that idea makes me think you'd make a robot, how you do with, like, boxes and silver paint, and then just put an iPad on its face, and you're like, yeah, try to interact with this and see if you can create something. And it's frustrating. I did try one of those services. I've tried a couple of the, the AI services that write articles for you, and mm -hmm. I have had such a horrible experience. Uh, I, yeah. I even went for 2.0 of some service. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give their name, but they came out with this 2.0 version, and um, you pay little bits for every part of the article, and it generated this article. It gave you five, like five different points, and it put a bunch of put a bunch of content in there and it was like every single point was completely wrong it was so <laughs> yeah. wrong and it's kept i want to get credit for this this is like the most useless piece of information that anybody has ever written for me <laughs> oh no yeah. I, I think i tried it for talk commerce i like i wanted to just say hey, let's break this down the one of my episodes and write a, sh a show summary and so i like mm -hmm. i fed it all this information and then it came back and it said it gave me all this crap and i'm like oh man this is like the word i can't use any of this I can I could maybe use the outline, which I think I eventually did, and I had to write my own little thing. But yeah. you know, I think what the, you maybe just speak to having a real person write an article for you, so you actually get real content that does that makes sense to people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, a real person they understand what people like. They understand that people want things to be accurate, and they understand creative writing is very much a, a discipline. And so all all pretty much all of our writers have some sort of creative writing or journalism degree. So they've 
gone through the pathway of figuring out what it is that people will actually read. Whereas I think the AI is trying to drum up the right thing, not necessarily focus on what people want to read, but rather that it is readable itself. And it's, it's, it actually, what AI content generators are good for, I think is coming up with title ideas. Honestly, you can have, I want to make a new title or I want to make some like a paragraph of copy. It, it can help you with that. But once you get into long form content, it, it gets so out there because it's pulling from every corner of the internet. So it's, it's also going to pull from the parts of the internet that really don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. And then you need to go and do all the research on where did it find this? Because I, I, I now I'm recalling that I had a specific guest that I put in and it came back with a bunch of facts about this guest, which it happened to be nothing to do with the guest at all. It was something that was not even true, or I don't know where it came up with the content, but it took me longer to figure out or to find where did it come from than it did just to write, again, just to write it myself. And so you went down that rabbit hole I, of trying to determine. Well, yeah, yeah, it's like, okay, you have a guest, and if I was if I were to do something for you, and I put it, I put Chris Chastain into, into the AI writer, and it wants to write a short bio of everything that we've just talked about, and, and all of a sudden it says, you were born in 1947, and you wrote three successful novels before you founded content cucumber in 2023 okay <laughs> mm. which part of this is real and which isn't right and logically yeah. i know that that you're no older than 55 but that would also make you not born in 1947 and i'm yeah. now i'm joking because i can clearly see that you're 18 but like at some point ai, sure. AI writers are going to make more work than it could be if somebody just wrote it yeah brent peterson the esteemed dolphin trainer from sweden what wait what where did you get that? Yeah, yeah, that's that was my job before. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, right, Swedish that's... dolphins. They're really common. <laughs> Absolutely. Everybody knows about Swedish dolphins. Uh, now we have our headline of the show, by the way. Swedish, Swedish dolphins. dolphins? Yes, definitely. <laughs> we, we've just gone through AI title generation. Yeah, and it will give you stuff like that. You're like, okay, you know, that's good, not because it's good, but good because it's not good. And I'm going to use it because it's not good. And people are going to click on it because it's funny. Yeah, maybe we've got a few minutes left. Maybe uh, tell us a little bit about what merchants should look at. Let's just say I'm selling something to do with, with bathrooms. What type of content, what, what would be a, the first step that they would take to get started? Yeah, so bathrooms. And let's just assume it's products like showers and toilets and sinks and plumbing and accessories and tile and everything bathroom you're going to help build bathrooms and actually it's funny that you say that because we have a company that does something very similar to that but yeah so essentially where you would start is you'd say okay who is it that's redoing their bathroom okay it's probably a homeowner or an investor or it could even be a renter that it's either going to be someone who's living there or someone who wants to get value out of that because so you have these two different audiences. So you can talk about how investing in bathrooms can raise property value. And then you could also talk about how um, bathrooms are a really vital place to have looking really nice and uh, also just a better quality of life to have a better bathroom. So I would say like finding out who your audience is and then figuring out what things are important to them. Also, there's the whole like my toilet broke crap. What do I do now? And it's even if you don't solve that problem, talking about it and saying, hey, don't panic, turn your water off, call a plumber, you'll be fine. This is what you search for if you couldn't find a plumber. So just providing resources for the people who you think, because they maybe they come to you to buy the toilet, but um, just providing useful resources to the people who you want to come to your site. 
So you just work out, okay, who's all the people that I want to come to my site? And that's, that's your content strategy. And it's really figuring out who those people are, where they're hanging out, and then writing to that and making sure they can find you. Yeah. And then also making that little warning bubble that says, don't take a crap in it. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, if of it's course. broken. If, it's, if Yeah. If it's not flushing, probably don't try to put anything in it. Yeah, this I can see that this is this whole conversation is going down the toilet right now. As we close out the episode, I give everybody a chance to do a shameless plug. What would you like to plug today? Normally, I'd plug Content Cucumber, and we, we've talked about Content Cucumber so much. So I, I guess I'll stick with that, though. But yeah, Content Cucumber is a really easy way to get all the content that you need generated. It's a month service. You can get up to 2,000 words a month. We have plans that you can tell us what to write. We write it. Or you could also do a hands-off plan where we do everything for you. We do the SEO strategy. We make a content calendar. We post it to your website. So you can have as much or as little involvement as you want. And our whole thing is writing. And I guess lastly, to just steal one more shameless plug, check out uh, chrischastine.com for updates on my music stuff, which will come later this year. All right. Yeah. And, and so just to, now I have to ask, what type of music are you doing? So... For this album, it's going to very much be inspired by like 70s prog rock and 80s piano rock. Wow, 80s so, piano rock. So think Elton John, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, stuff like that. But I'll be posting updates. And yeah, I also have a Instagram that I do all that stuff too with Chris Chastain Music. So. And what, what instrument do you play or instruments? So piano is... That I always say I'm a professional pianist because people have actually paid me to play piano. But I also play uh, guitar and drums and other instruments too, but people don't pay me to play those. Just a, a short story to end it off. My my daughter went, got a degree in, or went for a degree in vocals. And so she ended up meeting a lot of uh, music people. And she had a, a person over at her house one day who was just getting ready to do his, his recital for his, he, had a, he was getting a piano degree. And so he just, he want me to play a few things. And we have a grand piano in our living room. Granted, it hasn't been tuned in like 10 or 15 years. It's been forever. And I, there's an electric piano sitting next to it too. Anyways, he plays it and he does about 20 minutes just out of his head. It's amazing. And then I'm like, would you ever, what if like they asked you to play this when you, if you went in for recital, he said, I would refuse. It was so, it was sounded so bad. It was, his recital sounded great, but our piano is definitely out of tune. Mm -hmm. desperately needs help. So if you do come over, there is a, an electric piano you can also play in our house. Cool. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Are you going to have someone come fix up your piano? I was thinking about it. I think the soundboard is cracked. I think that's the only thing. It's like a 1940s uh, grand piano. It looks really cool. So right now it is, it's a big, huge piece of furniture that needs to be tuned. Yeah, a lot of times old pianos just turn into old pianos. Yeah, or Swedish dolphins. Unfortunately. Or Swedish dolphins. That's true. I've seen that. All right, Chris Chastain, uh, we are going to see you in May. I'm excited. I hope you're going to be yes. at Retail X at, or whatever they're calling it this year. Maybe later, if I were to be really clever, I could come up. I'll, I'll look up what it's actually called, and I'll do a little voiceover, and it'll say, Chicago Retail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah you got to make it really robotic, too. <laughs> this is my AI-driven content that I'm going <laughs> to inject into the, into the audio part of this. And then I could, like, if it's if we do put the, I'll put a little thing over the top of our mouths so people can't mistake <laughs> it for some kind of uh, uh, mouth yeah. over. Anyway, Chris Ch Chastine, Content Cucumber is the 
company. You yes. deliver content and you deliver it every day. It is such a great service. I'm happy to be I'm happy to be a customer of yours. I'm excited to see you in Chicago at <laughs> and uh, yes. I'm excited to see what your booth is this year. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, it'll be good to see you. And I don't know if you do live updates or anything, but it could be fun to do a live update. Yeah, I think last year I saw one person doing a little podcast, and I was thinking about maybe I would just do some little short interviews at the show this year. Uh, and yeah, it is, it's a cool way to get to talk to your customers, too. Get some merchants in there and be like, so what's been working for you lately? Yeah, exactly. Last year it was like a cricket fest, but hopefully there's more people yeah. this year. Yeah. All right. Yeah, the, yep, I think so. All right, well, thanks for having yeah, me. Thanks a lot. Bye. This episode is brought to you by the Magento Association. Join today at magentoassociation.org forward slash join. Be part of a great and vibrant Magento community. Thank you again for listening. My name is Brent Peterson, and it has been my pleasure to be your host today. Please rate and subscribe to Talk Commerce, new shows out every week.